Hello and welcome to Here's Johnny's Reviews and my continued look at the Underworld franchise with 2006's Underworld Evolution. I saw this at a midnight screening during its opening weekend run with my then partner and about 30 other people in the audience so it didn't bode well for this movie's profits I'm guessing. Anyway, long story short, I walked out feeling tired, yet hopeful for the next movie. A few things I will say right off the bat is the special features on a DVD has to be one of the most boring behind the scenes special features I have ever watched. All they talked about is how much CGI they used versus how much practical effects and how many practical effects were actually done over by CGI, completely wasting money and wasting the budget, which shows much later on in the movie. Also, how they moved the production from Eastern Europe to Canada for quote-unquote budgetary reasons. To be honest, I got absolutely nothing out of it whatsoever. That was a waste of an hour. Anyway, on with the show. Three years after the mild success of Underworld came this bigger budget, more splashier sequel. However, is it any better? Starring Kate Beckinsale, Scott Speedman, Tony Curran, Derek Jacobi and Bill Nye, directed by Len Wiseman. Picking up right after the events of the previous movie, Selene and her lover Michael search for clues on the truth behind the history of the war between the vampires and werewolves. Can she find out what really started the war or will she fall at the hands of vampire elder Marcus? The movie opens up on a text scroll straight out of Star Wars that tells us two brothers of the first immortal Alexander Corvinius. Marcus, bitten by a bat, and Wilm, bitten by a wolf, started a war over who will reign eight centuries earlier. Uh, then a title card flashes up 1202 AD and a scene right out of Lord of the Rings as a small village in Transylvania, I think it is, lies in ruins. While vampire elders Victor, played once again by Bill Nye, and Marcus, played by Tony Curran of Blade 2 and League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And Amelia, once again played by Zeta Gorog, whose lines had to be dubbed. Wait, didn't it say in Underworld that for 14 centuries no two elders were awakened at the same time? Mm, someone don't fucked up and didn't look at the previous movie or the bloody script. This is just one of the many flaws of this movie. Anyway, moving on. The elder vampires and their army kill everyone before they turn into werewolves. However, not in time, as the people start to turn in a mixture of CG and practical effects. Someone which looks good, where someone looks fucking awful. The two races fight, with many vampires and werewolves dying. Victor sends Marcus away, as he and his men shoot chains into werewolf original William, played by Brian Steele of Hellboy and the Relic. They then secure him to trees, as Marcus screams out not to have him harmed, much to Victor's annoyance, telling Marcus to win his place. But wait, Marcus is a first vampire, therefore he outranks Victor. Indeed, he is actually Victor's sire, as he turned Victor. With Victor telling him William is an uncontrollable wild animal and will be imprisoned for all time. Then in kicks a voiceover by Celine, once again played by Kate Beckinsale, as she explains the events of the last movie, and we see clips. We then see Celine taking her lover, Michael, once again played by Scott Speedman, into a forest safe house, deep in an old mine. And right here, you can tell this is Canada and not Romania, or Budapest, or whatever the hell it was the other one was filmed in. In which they find a long dead werewolf in the darkness, which Celine shoots at, yet she says it's been dead for weeks. Okay then, she can't tell if it's a live and dead werewolf then. Celine points out the reason why it hasn't changed back to its human form is because 
that it has been given a drug to keep it in its werewolf form so it can be studied. Also, they'll have a matter of hours to hide in a safe house as all of these safe houses are linked and people are coming. Luckily, then, this safe house is in Canada and not Bucharest. Celine arms up, then heads back to the mansion alone. In the mansion, we see the dead lichen doctor's body lying there as Craven, once again played by Shane Brawley, and his men walking to the vampire elder tomb room to open Marcus's coffin in hopes of killing the vampire elder. Too bad it's empty as the vampire bursts out of the ground, taking down Craven's men in seconds, then pinning the traitor to the wall, biting him and killing him to get to the truth. Pinning him to the wall and using his new talon wings. The behind the scenes banged on and on and on about how these things were actual metal poles and the, the wing parts were actually CG. One thing, how is Marcus at full strength and powerful after only minutes of being awakened and only given a few drops of blood from the Lycan Doctor, yet Victor took hours. Mm. Yet another blood memory flashback, I hate these fucking flashbacks, of what happened in the last movie. So that's two flashbacks in five minutes. God, lazy writing much? Back at the mine, Celine hands Michael bags of blood, telling him he needs to feed if he wants to be at full power. She then just up and leaves Michael. At sea, on a ship, we meet Alexander Corvinius, played by Sir Derek Jacobi of British TV shows Vicious and Doctor Who, where he played the fifth master, as well as a whole host of other movies, most notably Shakespeare ones. As he's shown the carnage of the train station and Victor's body, also Marcus has burned down the mansion, killing all inside. In the boat's morgue, Corvinius is shown the dead bodies of Amelia and Lucian, who he checks out for his talisman, which Celine took and is now around Michael's neck. So he checks Victor's body, rips the chest and removes another talisman. At the safe house in which Celine killed the Lycans and took the Lycan doctor hostage, Marcus finds Celine's hiding place in a mine on one of the safe house's computers, in which Michael sits debating on whether or not to drink the blood in the bag. He leaves and goes to a logger bar in which he orders food which he cannot eat and starts to choke on it then transform into his Lycan pyre as two cops See on TV he's wanted, so try to arrest him. As one of the cops radios for help, Alexander overhears it on a scanner and sends his men. Meanwhile, Celine sees Marcus flying in the air, so heads back to the mine to get Michael. Unfortunately, he's not there. In the bar, Michael has almost transformed into the Lycan Empire, but sees himself in a mirror before feeding on the cop. He runs out only to be shot by the other cop, which Celine hears, even though you can tell these scenes are shot weeks if not months apart and in two different locations. The cops give chase and are now backed by more cops. So Michael runs into the woods. Celine runs outside only to see the sun is starting to rise. In the woods, a heavily wounded Michael runs for his life just as Celine drops down from a cliff top and takes down the cops. By the way, Kit Beckinsale did all these quote-unquote stunts herself by jumping off a 10-foot ledge. Ooh, fucking ugh, moving on. She finds the heavily wounded Michael, then feeds him some of her own blood. A. Why didn't she take a bag of blood with her? And B. Why not feed from one of the cops? Marcus swoops down to tell Celine he knows what she did. Also that Victor and Craven deserved what came to them. However, he still attacks her, but why? So, Michael shoots him with Celine's semi-automatic handgun and the two run off. By the way, this is the first and last time this semi-automatic handgun is used in the movie, as it just vanishes. They hijack a truck, which Michael stops 
by transforming in front of it. So Selene gets in the driving seat as Marcus attacks Michael. So Michael takes on the elder vampire as the sun starts arising. Marcus again gets the better of Michael. So much for this like empire being all powerful. So Selene takes shots at him as Marcus attacks. She rams him into the cliff face and drives off, leaving Marcus's wings badly damaged. Note, this is the, uh, the only other scene in the behind the scenes that they banged on and on about, how this scene is 50% CGI and 50% done for real, by hanging the stunt double of Marcus on a crane and swinging him back and forth to simulate the attack. With that, she drives off just as Michael picks up the talisman and the sun rises. With Celine's hands catching fire even though she's wearing gloves, Michael takes control of the truck and drives it straight into a handily situated garage, then quickly covers the windows in paint. He returns to Celine and places her in a storage room of sorts, where they kiss and have sex, which must have been awkward to film as Len Wiseman wanted both actors fully naked. Indeed, the story goes, Len Wiseman and the cameraman were naked also behind the camera to put Beckinsale at ease. As the sun rises, the ship with Alexander on it docks. Meanwhile, in a mine, Marcus hangs by his feet and covers his body using his CGI wings. As cops seek out the vampire safe house, finding it and a long dead werewolf. As a helicopter arrives with Alexander's men and cleans out the safe house before blowing it up. Selene, awakened by Michael fixing a truck, picks up the talisman, then has a flashback to her childhood self. Holding the talisman as her sister paints a picture on the wall. Note the young Celine is actually Kate Beckinsale's daughter. She tells Michael she's held this talisman before and knows someone who might help. Tannis, played by Stephen McIntosh. Celine drives off just as Marcus wakes up. Driving up winding roads to Tannis's hideaway, an old monastery, Celine states they'll be the first people he's seen in centuries. In the monastery, Tannis is having a threesome. So much of him being exiled then. Selene unsubtly shoots the lock off the gate and walks in with Michael following in the car. She trips a booby trap and has to deal with Tannis's attack werewolves in a dungeon. Meanwhile, he has to deal with another werewolf on his own. So Michael hulks up and deals with it. As Selene kills two werewolves in the dungeon armed with a knife, in the meantime, Michael makes short work of the werewolf by ripping its jaws clean off. Deeper in the dungeon, Selene finds human bones and the wolf's lair, as Michael falls down the attack hole and swiftly kills another werewolf by choking it to death using its own chains. Escaping, Selene makes short work of Tannis' Brides of Dracula, just as Michael smashes through a window. Here, Tannis spills everything as Selene arms herself with some new toys, including explosive bombs that look like talismans, oh, hell of the fucking things they are. Michael tosses him the talisman, then asks why Marcus wants it. Marcus, in the meantime, feeds on a stable of horses. As Tannis tells the truth to Selene that Victor wasn't the first but Marcus, and it was Marcus that turned Victor on his deathbed to help him deal with William's savage werewolf armies. Unable to turn back to human form with an almighty bloodlust, he then shows her a book with a diagram of William's prison on it, which her father built centuries earlier. Yet another flashback, this time not to a blood one, but still, showing she holds the key to William's prison, and this is why her family were slain 500 years earlier. So here is why Marcus wants Selene, because he needs Selene's blood to find out where William's prison is to release him. Tannis sends him off to look for Alexander. As Selene heads to the docks, Tannis tidies away his dead bride's bodies, 
just as a Marcus shows up to question him about the quote-unquote keys to William's prison, which Marcus gets out of him by pinning him to the table using his talons. He then bites him, and we see another goddamn blood memory flashback of where Selene is headed at the docks. Selene gets into seeing Alexander Corvinius. She hands him the talisman and asks if he is indeed Corvinius. Corvinius, or the fuck his name is. With him saying yes he was many years ago, but he goes by many other names. And he was the one that cleaned up the mess left behind for all those centuries by the war between the vampires and the werewolves. Also, he will not kill his sons no matter what they have done. Marcus swoops in and takes out Alexander's men, as well as pulling Marcus through a window, using his talons, throwing him into the dark waters before beating the ever-living shit out of him. Selene jumps out the window, armed with a machine gun, fills him with bullets, but he takes a talisman and drinks some of Selene's blood. Yet another fucking blood memory of Selene's childhood, however, she's fully grown and not a child. She fills Marcus's mouth full of bullets, which causes him to release her and she falls into the water, however, it's too late. He knows where to go and he flies off. Selene pulls her out of the water and brings back Michael from the brink of death yet again. So much for all... So much for this all-powerful lycan pyre. By pouring blood over his body, and starts pounding on his chest tearfully. On the ship, Marcus is slaughtering all Alexander's men, so it's down to Alexander to try to talk Marcus down. He doesn't listen, and sticks him to the wall with his talon, then runs him through with a sword and takes the second part of the key, and flies off. Alexander's quote-unquote cleaners show up, however, Alexander refuses help and tells him to look for Selene, at which they find her still crying over Michael's dead body, and take her to Alexander, who is now laying in pools of his own blood, yet still refuses to kill Marcus. He slits his wrists, which Selene drinks from, to become a super vampire with silver eyes. With that, she takes Alexander's men and a helicopter to stop Marcus. In the helicopter is Michael's dead body in a body bag. Alexander blows the ship with his last dying breath, a mental note, if you're a classically trained or old British actor, stay the fuck away from the Underworld franchise because you will be killed. In some really bad fake caves, look like bloody sticky bike plastic and fucking paper mache, Marcus finds Selene's painting on the wall after 600 years, it's still here, hmm. Then unlocks William's prison door, heading inside, he sees the metal coffin which holds William's body. Just then, Selene shows up in a helicopter, flies over the bad model of a castle, then has another flashback of a waterway into the ruined castle. Amazing! How after 600 years, she suddenly remembers all this, as if it was a bad excuse for a plot of a movie they didn't plan for. Hmm, funny that. The helicopter hovers over the water, and Selene jumps in, closely followed by Alexander's quote-unquote cleaning crew. Meanwhile, Marcus opens the cell to release the savage William which looks like an overgrown wolf standing on its hind legs, and this is a brand new suit, which apparently they had to CG over because the suit looked mediocre apparently, but what a waste of bloody money, why just CG in the first place? Marcus calms the savage beast, which by the way, how the hell is this thing still alive? It's not anything in over 800 years, yet it's still fresh and alive and as powerful as ever, but moving on. Selene and her squad make their way through the bowels of the castle, more flashbacks shown away later, and we find William's prison empty. With William killing the cleaners, it's down to Selene to test her new powers on Marcus. As the two have a fist fight, then she fills him with shotgun shells, before locking him behind the prison walls, which unfortunately, due to debris, stops it from sealing it fully. 
She runs off to help Alexander's men as Marcus transforms into quote-unquote battle Marcus with more of a vampire bat look around his face with an elongated nose and elongated ears. This battle Marcus transformation comes out of bloody nowhere by the way. I'm guessing it must be the horse blood. <laughs> In the copter, Michael has a flashback and reuse some CGI from Underworld as he comes back to life. Serene hunts down William with the last two cleaners which are quickly killed by William. Serene shoots William with the UV bullets which have no effect. She continues to fire on William even though the bullets have no effect. So out of bullets, she throws two of the explosive talismans at him which miss and blow a hole in the ceiling. Once the ceiling starts falling in, Serene picks up one of the cleaner's machine guns which comes alive and turns into a savage werewolf which she fills with bullets and fortunately all the other cleaners turn too and she's surrounded. Luckily for her, Michael comes to life and leaps from the helicopter and kills the werewolf by pushing its heart from its chest in some really gross effects. Serene uses this distraction to shoot the other two dead. You can just tell this inning was written last minute as it reeks of desperation. William then sideswipes Michael and gets his ass handed to him yet again. Serene jumps up for another machine gun and fills William with bullets as finally after 15 minutes Marcus opens the door by lifting up and using his sheer strength. We could have done that 10 minutes earlier. Moving on. This ending is so bad. With Marcus finally free and William getting shot at from both Celine and the helicopter gunner, Marcus pulls the copter out of the sky in a few tugs of the guide rope used by Michael. So, the bad mix of CGI and model helicopter falls from the sky. Now it's William versus Michael hand to hand and Celine versus Marcus hand to hand. Battle Marcus, who is somehow stronger, it must be all the bloody horse steroids then, tries in vain to punch Selena into the still spinning helicopter blaze as William slaps the ever useless Michael around. Selena fights back kicking Marcus's ass so much so she uses the helicopter blades to cut off his hand. Michael somehow gets the better of William and pulls his jaw opened apart rather and kills it dead in some really disgusting effects. Marcus uses this distraction to impale Selene with his talon, then talks smack to her. So she snaps off the talon, runs it through his chin, and kicks him into the blades in a CGI mess of an explosion. This ending is fucking atrocious. The sun rises, and amazingly, <coughs> blade, Selene can now walk in the sun. So Selene and Michael kiss in the sun. A voiceover by Selene saying, Chaos will reign as a credits a roll. So that was Underworld Evolution. Again, too many goddamn flashbacks. Ending felt like it was made up on the spot to feel more badass because it bloody well was and ran out of fucking money because of the expensive CG over the suits and etc. And the fight scenes were over far too quickly. However, this did use practical effects, which was pointless because it fucking covered up by CG as much as it possibly could. So I'm going to give this a very generous 5 out of 10. Come back next week for my look at Underworld Rise of the Lycans, then for the rest of the month for the rest of the franchise. Don't forget to leave a like and follow me on SoundCloud. Also follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod and email me with suggestions or what you thought of my podcast too. Here's Johnny's Reviews at gmail.com. Next month I'll be looking at Mad Max in March. Check out my other podcasts such as The Cycle, Omen, Fly, Ghoulies, Critters, Resident Evil and James Bond franchise as well as my single podcast reviews of Scream, Scream 2 if you're from Twitter. Donnie Darko, Aliens, Doctor of the Movie, and dozens more. A bye.